0: My message today will actually come from the uh, social, social or from the natural sciences uh, department, uh, as you'll hear in a, in a few moments. But uh, I'm very proud to um, to lead evangel in this uh, season, uh, to step into this place because I believe more than ever that God is preparing uh, a special message and a special move of His Spirit through all of the vocations uh, that will uh, emerge in the in the coming decades and uh... we're raising up not just uh... The ministers uh... and those that will work in the church but those that will be uh... far from the church doors uh... representing the glory of god and, and all these spaces and places and and uh... And, and i'm great for that ironically the word when it says liberal arts had nothing to do wasn't a juxtaposition uh, juxtaposition from the word conservative it had to do uh... the the original latin it had to do with this idea of nonconformity or or uh... being free uh, of of no impression uh... no oppression but ironically uh, culture which would tell you that they're all about liberal arts is the actual uh, opposite their culture is incredibly incongruent when it comes to that because they've closed off in most mainstream institutions the ability to have academic freedom and talk about jesus so much of what happens in your mainstream universities Is anti-Jesus and um, there there is no clear clean academic freedom when you're teaching in some of these universities even though they will hide behind that phrase Uh, and I think there's a uh, an oppressive thinking in this generation uh, and that is that if you have other thoughts other than how culture tells you to think that somehow uh, you are weird but what I say to our students all the time let's just get one thing straight we believe That there was a young Jewish girl who was impregnated by the Holy Spirit and gave birth to a Messiah. Once we get that clear, really, after that, everything else is just home free. Because the culture is never going to agree with that. culture is never going to rationally believe that God does anything. Uh, If there is a God, in in their own words, that, that he would do anything. So since we're already out here, why don't we step into a place of faith and love and grace and compassion and show that there is a God, that He does love people and through whatever vocation or job I end up uh, working or serving in, the Lord's grace can flow through that uh, as my platform of love and obedience unto Him. Culture has been making the case for Evangel to not only exist but to uh, it's certainly elevated my determination to rescue, uh, equip, and deploy uh, for, to make a great impact on this culture, this generation. And uh, the truth is that by the time this freshman class turned 35, 40% of the jobs that exist now will be automated. Uh, they'll, they'll disappear into machines and robots. And so uh, it's, it's very important that, uh, that li- the uh, Pentecostal liberal arts education exists because the Holy Spirit is going to innovate brand new jobs through the graduates that we have so that they're not just being trained in some technical skill to go and do this, that it's not so much about a job as it is learning uh, to be grounded and founded in the Holy Spirit, who is the smartest person in the universe and can lead us and lead them to lead a renewal in their generation. So, Evangel delivers this Pentecostal ethos on a broad-based educational curriculum which prepares students for uh, this world. And so this summer, I literally spent uh, just about a month thinking on this question. Why does Evangel work? What, what is the secret sauce of Evangel? Oh, what is that, that secret sauce? And, and I kept coming back to this idea of the transformation of the heart, that education alone is not enough, something else is missing. And, and what's, what's missing is that transformation that happens. You know, the, the difference between, uh, now we've got a, a, a campus, uh, campus full of, uh, of young people and a, and a big surge of freshmen uh, coming in this time. And what's the difference between a college freshman uh, and, a, and a high school uh, um, kid on a lunch break in May? It's about a six week summer vacation. So you've got to pray for us because we want to give them the secret sauce of evangel this fall so that they kind of begin to catch it. And they will uh, because they're in this environment that has been, has been created. And so these questions about how do, how do we cooperate with God and his plan for our world. So as I thought about that, I contemplated this idea. How does a seed become a tree? How does a seed, a single seed, how does a seed become a, a tree. A large tree. So I want to share you some of those uh, answers that I've learned from the Department of Natural and Applied Sciences and from God's Word. If you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 12. I'm just going to look at one verse here, though I'm, my remarks are coming from this whole section. And I'll just quote it. It'll be close to what you have on the screen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, accept a grain of wheat, fall into the ground and die. It abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit that we are continually, we know Jesus said, you have to pick up your cross and follow me, that the expectations often of what we have in following uh, Jesus, uh, it's more than just adding on the teachings of Jesus so that we can be nice and and do certain nice things. It is literally the laying down of who you thought you were and what you thought you were going to do and saying, Lord, I want to now do my part in whatever uh, role that you have for me to play. And so the text here uh, comes with this idea. The Greeks have come to Philip and Andrew, and they say, Sirs, we would see Jesus. And I remember uh, P.W., Phil Wanamaker's uh, um, little plaque on the podium. I got to preach one time at Central back in the day. This was a major thing. Most of you were probably not there. Uh, I could go through my text really quick. My sermon went pretty fast, as I recall. (laughs) uh... joshua chapter three you may still have the notes in your bible but (laughs) the little phrase says sirs we would see jesus so these uh... greeks come up to philip and andrew and they're like well we want to see jesus and so philip and andrew are like well this is odd we've got some foreigners even though they've come up to the temple to worship we've got these foreigners that want to see jesus so they go to jesus and they ask this simple question uh hey, Jesus, these Greeks want to see you. And Jesus' answer, you would think it was a simple, well, yes, I'll see them, or no, I won't see them. But it seems that Jesus, like, here's the real question when someone asks a question. So they think they're asking this one question, and here's what Jesus says, and he says, <laughs> uh, basically, he predicts his death. I uh, say unto you, accept a grain of wheat, fall on the ground and die, you know. And Philip and Andrew had to be looking at one another saying, did you catch the answer? Because I, I just missed the answer. I don't. What's he talking about? A grain of wheat fall on the ground and die. You can see uh, the the writer pulling out the context here of what that what Jesus said. That Je, Jesus began speaking about his own death, and of course we now know why because he came for a greater purpose. We serve a global God. We serve a God that cares about all people and all cultures, and that Jesus uh, came. Uh, it, for God so loved the whole world, right, that he gave his only son. All, all of that's in context. And so uh, here comes uh, Jesus, and Jesus, uh, it says that it, it's time for the Son of Man to be glorified. So now we have uh, this idea of being glorified and death, that it doesn't make sense, that there's a sense of, of what makes sense in the natural actually makes no sense in the supernatural, in the, in the mystical, in the spiritual realm it's sometimes hard to make sense of how a, a virgin can give birth to a baby or, or how someone's premature death makes any sense whatsoever in all of the cosmos. But thanks be to God uh, because Jesus carries this message, this embodies the message of what it means to, uh, um, to live devoted completely to God's will. And he says in 24, he says, but if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Similar to Genesis 1.11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb, that yields, uh, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself. This is the irony of a seed becoming a tree, because inside the tree is the tree, uh, the tree will drop seeds, but not every seed that falls in- onto the ground will become a tree. The difference between a seed and a tree is the environment upon which it falls. Is the soil right? Are the nutrients right? Does it take root here? That interestingly enough, even in Genesis 1-11, you could see that God has always been about what's coming next. That God's always about the next. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, on and on. There's so many illustrations we could give. Uh, God, uh, um, the seed uh, of Abraham. God instructed the first Adam to be fruitful and multiply. And now being the second Adam, Jesus follows that suit that, that if you fall into the ground and die, you're going to bear much fruit. And he says that to Peter in their conversation by the fire. Not in those words, but in other words, saying it's don't worry about their life. Someone's going to um, tie up your hands and take you where you don't want to go. In other words, life is not going to go exactly like you expect, but it's going to be awesome. I mean how can we come to the day of Pentecost and and you're looking at the day of Pentecost you're reading it in Jesus words in chapter 1 it's amazing and he doesn't say hey you know go and wait and tarry you know there in the upper room and by the way you really need to make sure you press into that prayer meeting because not too long from now all of your houses are going to burn down and you're going to be chased out of here you're you're going to be refugees and some of you're going to get killed it's going to it's just going to be terrible that Jesus doesn't tell them that does he because that really wasn't important. The process of going into the ground is our personal stories and our personal pains and our personal sufferings. <laughs> but the important thing is that you go into the ground and then sprout and become what you're supposed to become. Whereas even Peter says uh, to the early church, you've gotta endure suffering like a good soldier. Like, I, don't, I don't know where, where we get the expectation that somehow it's not gonna be painful to be a Christian. I am I'm thrilled. I am thrilled. It's, got, it's gotten a lot easier to raise money for Evangel from what culture's doing. Just keep doing what you're doing, guys. Right? You're making the case to say we need our young people in, in an environment that believes in the supernatural where they can become educated, put their roots down deep in some Pentecostal soil, and become the fruit trees uh, that will feed the entire world uh, and the needs of our world. So the actual answer to the question apparently was complex, and Jesus, in all his candor, shares about it. This idea of new life and resurrection and multiplication was the deal. It's no wonder in Luke ten two he says, "Pray you therefore that the Lord of the Harvest will send forth laborers, because when a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it's going to produce a massive harvest." It's common to say that trees come from seeds, and that's that germination process where the seed the seed goes in and has an embryo, a group of cells are there and the nutrients are there to kind of get it started and the little uh the little roots go down in the ground after it's moistened but what i find interesting is that that seed as it cracks open disappears and and for all of us we go through change whatever whatever you're going through now you're in the process of changing again and again uh that the spirit is ever moving us uh, toward the eschaton toward the end of all things that 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 god is never static that in my head I thought uh, Whitney's grandkids were going to be at my table, and life was going to go this way. And but but life doesn't life doesn't uh, uh, stay still. It's not a Polaroid uh, picture. Uh, look at uh, Google that. You you won't know what that is. But uh, <laughs> it, it, but it's a it's a it's an iPhone movie that is moving fast. But this is how God set things up. But in farming, it, that process I just explained is germination. But in farming, there's also something that I'm suggesting is morally wrong that is a very real thing, and you can Google this too, but it's called termination. Uh, this, this idea of a uh, terminator technology, in that they infect the parent seed or the parent plant so that when it produces seeds, the seeds are actually sterile. The point of that is the seeds are genetically engineered to be sterile uh, so that the uh, um, farmers have to purchase. More seeds, now they, they grow faster. The point is you get a crop faster, but there's just one crop for that seed. That's it. It doesn't reproduce itself. It's the, and they call it the terminator technology. Uh, the truth is that God has set things up to give life and give life and give life and life and life and life. And, life. and this is how he set it up from Genesis. It's an amazing thing. Uh, as, as resources such as water and nutrients come into Uh, our lives that the seed that we see that germinates becomes a gateway to something future like most of the freshmen coming in have no idea who they're going to be uh... you could be in here and you're in your thirties and forties saying i'm not even sure right now who or what god is doing but that's a that's a part of the the process of of renewal and rebirth and and all of that jeremiah seventeen seven says But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him, that they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I believe the spiritual health of the local church and the spiritual health of the individual family are more critical now than ever before. I don't want to see the Pentecostal forest into which we're raising up these young saplings to become mighty oaks of righteousness. I don't want them r- raised up in a forest that has become desolate itself. In other words, no matter how old you are in this room, no matter what you go through, whether it's the, the horrific uh, suffering of the tragedy of something unexpected or uh, something less than that, either way, you have to stay in the place where you're getting the nutrients from the uh, from the ecosystem, from the spirit-driven ecosystem that God has created, the health of the local church. And more could be said about this idea of genetic, uh, genetically modified spirituality. I'll just leave that for another time. But I'll just say this, that you have to organically learn how to feed on the Lord's presence, how to be that. And one of those is by always being in community. And I tell the young people all the time, do not bypass church even in your college years do not bypass going to church it's a trick of the enemy you have to continually stay in the presence of the Lord in the community of the faithful so that when you may not even feel like it but when you lift your hand up to worship the Lord during during a song right that has a that has a direct impact on everybody around you you are helping to keep the ecosystem of the spirit alive and well and working and it seems as if uh, covid certainly has hit us between the eyes related to all of that and i would just call us to this place that we've got to get our children and our grandchildren into the presence in into the community of the faithful into the place where god's presence is appreciated and loved into this environment where every seed can t- continue to grow and become the tree god has called it to and where the old trees can pick up nutrients too this is why mature and strong, local, healthy uh, churches matter in our fellowship. That if the parent church becomes starved or even sterile in their thinking, not participating with what God wants to do next, you will ultimately shrivel up and die. You have to continually let the Spirit do something new and new again and new again and new again. What I now know is that uh, all that all forests and all trees go through storms storms blow through all of your lives some are more difficult than others some are more tragic than others but everybody has to survive a storm everybody has the chance to survive a storm right I think the storms are what make you um, a mentor to the next generation because they can look and say you weathered your stuff you weathered surviving adolescence you weathered surviving you know a roommate you weathered surviving all of these things so therefore uh i can too we need we need this ecosystem of the spirit god's plan is germination but the fallen angel's plan is termination there's a terminator technology named the prince of the power of the air that seeks to destroy God's possibilities in the next few generations by making this generation of of clones of um, religion, nor having a form of, of godliness, but denying the power of God. You can even see it in the sterile nature of the current mindset to alter the seed of marriage, the way God set up the process of marriage. And perhaps the great enrollment cliff of 2025 where we see graduating high school students, uh, the sheer volume of kids graduating high school has fallen 15%. U.S. births uh, have fallen to a 32-year low in 2018. The CDC says the birth rate is, it was, is in record slump, and the U.S. birth rate continues to go down. Could it be that culture's message of, um, of not honoring the, what God set up with male and female? Could it be that culture themselves are sterilizing uh, any sense of fruitfulness. Simple biblical logic makes the case to support Christian higher education. It also makes the case that you must get involved in your church. You must stay dedicated. You must stay devoted. The young people not just need to see you lift your hands, but they need to see you pull out your phone and text in your offering. Because they are a gateway to the future that God wants to do right here in this church and in this city. The young seeds bumping and rambling around the foyer are containers of what's coming next. I think the main difference between a seed then and a tree is the environment where it's planted. You matter. Your presence in the room matters to these young people today. And it matters to the kids Roman uh, uh, that'll be in the foyer in a few minutes after children's church. It matters. Just your physical presence to say, God, I'm honoring you. God, I'm, I'm uh, worshiping you. And I want to break off the, the demonic thoughts that would tell you that the local church is on the way down. Watch out. The local church is on the rise up because God is doing a new thing all over, not just the country, but the world, to put together biblically functioning communities that are stronger, that are better, and that, yes, offer an alternative from the demonic sterilization mindsets. I don't know. It may not be for anybody. The phrase kept coming to me this morning, and I'll just mention it. But did you know that the the demonic realm is sterile? There are no more demons now than there were in Jesus' day because they're sterile. They can't create. All they do is mimic and i would just say to you that the spirit of the lord knows what he's doing he is raising up an army both women and men to represent his name all over the earth that the glory of the lord right romans eight this rumbling this groaning we don't even know what we're praying for we're praying holy spirit come and do what you want to do holy spirit and it all comes from a seed it comes from who you are You are made up. You were raised in an environment. You've become a part of of an ecosystem. So now do your part all the way until the end. My daughter used to say that even the smallest thing done with great love can impact the world. This is what my dream is for Evangel and my dream is for you personally as you're a part of this great church, that you would begin to feel and understand I am valuable. This is my season to shine. Look, James tells us uh, in the other metaphor that life is just like a flower, that we bloom and we're here and then we're quickly gone. Since that is the case, why don't we do our part? The great cloud of witnesses are watching. Why don't we do our part in our little uh, pocket of historical uh, overview? This is our moment to shine. This is our moment to be what God wants us to be, and I say it to Evangel employees and faculty and staff all the time. It's Evangel's turn now to step up and be the bright light that God started in 1955. Culture has turned. Culture has moved and shifted, and suddenly liberal arts has a message. We have a message that God wants to speak through absolutely every discipline and every vocation. Not just wants to, will speak through every discipline, vocation, and job. Even the jobs that haven't been invented yet. That the spirit of the Lord has already clear in his throat to say what he wants to say to this culture. When you participate, amen. I feel it and believe it. When you participate in prayer meetings, when you come to worship. When you bring your kids to every student event, God is uh, giving them nutrition that will get them through the coming onslaught of this anti-Jesus mindset. I don't think there's anything to fear. I think, I think this is a time when those of us that would label ourselves Pentecostal, full of God's spirit, ready to, to step into whatever, this is our moment to say, Holy Spirit, I'm clueless on how to handle this, but you're so amazing, you can handle it by your great wisdom. Amen. God bless you, Central Assembly.